0: I want to talk to you tonight about should the church be just reservoirs of truth or rivers of blessings. And if you'll turn with me to John, and I I wish you would take to heart what I'm trying to say tonight because I'm very careful what I say when it comes to the Word of God. Now anybody that knows me knows that I love the Bible. I love the King James Bible. I love the Word of God. I believe, though, that we're living in a day of easy, made-it-easy generation. Just just leave it, living it easy. Laziness has found its way even into Christianity today. The unspoken desire of most Christians today is I want to escape the strength, strongest demands of witnessing. If I can find another Christian's function that relieves my guilt, and I say, God help us. Amen. I had a man literally want to several years ago. He said, I'll, I'll pay you to go out and win souls for me. I said, don't work that way. That's not how you do it. Uh, God called you to win souls to Christ Jesus. He called me to win souls to Christ Jesus. And so uh, it's very important that you listen very carefully to what I'm saying tonight. And take it to heart, if you would, please. And John, and turn there, please, with me, to John chapter 5. And I'm going to get, begin to read in verse 33. John chapter 5, verse 33. Ye sent to John, and he bear witness unto the truth. But I received not testimony from man, but these things I say that you might be saved. He was a burning and a shining light, and you were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. But I have greater witness than that of John. For the works which the Father has given me to finish, the same works that I do, bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. And the Father himself, which has sent me, hath borne witness of me. Ye have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. And ye have not his word abiding in you. For whom he has sent, him ye believe not. Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me, and ye will not come to me that you might have life. Father, I ask you tonight in Jesus' precious name, that you will challenge us from thy word. And I'm talking about Christians tonight that you'll challenge us from thy word to get the gospel out to everybody that we can. We believe sincerely that the end time is drawing nigh. But, if you don't come for another thousand years, it's still our job and our responsibility to get the gospel out to people, to hear for the first time, maybe, that Jesus loves them. We ask you to bless tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, in Psalms 119 and verse 5 said that the Bible is a lamp under our feet and a light under our pathway. The Bible contains 66 books, 1189 chapters, 33,102 verses. And every word in the Bible is the inspired word of God the Father from heaven. The older I get, the more I thank God for the Bible. Uh, the more I appreciate His laws to me. The more I love it. There's no book like this book. Now, I believe there's so much ignorance of God's book, though, the Bible, today everybody's up in arms today about the lack of real education and learning of our children in schools and public schools and private. But you know what I'm concerned about? I'm concerned about the lack of knowledge of God's people when it comes to God's Word. Now, let me, like one man said to his son, his son came home from college as a freshman class the other day and asked me, who Macbeth was. Well, that's terrible, he said. All you had to do was go to the Bible and look it up. By the way, Macbeth ain't in the Bible. Y'all like like you didn't know that. You got me worried now. It seems to me that everything man has born without, he's been able to find a substitute for it. I've said this time again in the past, but Man couldn't fly like an eagle, so he made an airplane. Man couldn't run like a deer, so he invented an automobile. Man couldn't swim uh, like a whale, so he invented a submarine. Man couldn't see in the dark like a cat, so he invented electricity. And you think about it, for just about everything, man has found a better alternative, but one, and that's the Bible. There is no better one. Because the Bible meets the deepest needs of the human heart. And because it's the, it's the Bible that tells a man he is lost and needs a Savior. Because the Bible that tells a lost person Jesus is that Savior and how to get him into their life for everlasting life. Now, I'm a Bible man. I believe every word in the Bible. I defend it as God in it word, verbally inspired. Now, I love the story of the sophisticated Englishman who visited Brazil and approached a little black man of the Amazon reading a Bible. The gentleman from London said, Ha! In England, we've outgrown that book. The former cannibal looked up in the ashen face of that man and said, Sir... Had we outgrown the Bible here, I would have eaten you yesterday. (laughs) You think about that for just a minute. One of the things I love about missionaries is sending missionaries all over the world with the Word of God and them coming back with stories of converting people. And one of the best ones I like is a man told me the first thing that a heathen does in the backside of Africa don't have any clothes on, you win him to the Lord, the first thing he wants to do is put clothes on. That's conversion. Amen. What I'm trying to say, the Bible is a powerful book. Now, I've said all that to get to what I want to preach about tonight. The Bible, and I want to say this very carefully, the Bible within itself is not to be worshipped. But it's to be used to aid or lead us to the one that we do worship. I've been accused of worshiping this book. I do not worship this book. I worship the man of the book. And that's God in the Lord Jesus Christ. Some people are using the Bible like uh, graven images. They've fallen down to worship the book. Rather than rising up to do anything the Bible tells them to do, God is not impressed with our kind and eloquent remarks concerning the Bible. I'm so tired of these preachers and Bible students to get up and use eloquent remarks about the Word of God, and, and, and when I get through, I say to them, What did he say? Yeah, you know, I don't even know what he said half the time. But it's, uh, can I give you something tonight? Did you know the Bible is going to stand without any of our help? It will always be the Word of God. Did you know that's the one thing that's settled in heaven? So that's going to meet us in heaven. God is not looking for admiration for a book. He's looking for obedience to the book. So many people use the Bible like I used to use a frog in science class. Hey, when the first time I got in a science class at Hillborough High School, uh, they brought in this frog, you know, and they said, Now, everybody's going to dissect the frog today. In the first word, I didn't know what the word dissect means, but then they gave me a little scalpel knife, and we cut him all up, and we looked in there, and I said, I declare, all those pictures they've been showing us in the book uh, is in that frog. And and I began to look at him and I examined that frog from one end to another and familiarized myself with that frog every way I could. And I examined it, I dissected it, I performed surgery on it and familiarized myself with it and learned all the distinctive qualities. Now, just as I could not bring life to that dead frog, So many people never get the word alive in their hearts. Did you know this book is alive? It brings life to people. Remember this. The people who hated Jesus most were Baba scholars. Do you know that? Listen. They had scripture over their doorposts and strapped to their bodies. They could stand and quote the Bible openly. Saul of Tarsus is an example. He was a Jew among Jews. He was a learned Hebrew. A Pharisee of the Pharisees. He sat under the teaching of the great teacher Gamal. Yet he hated Jesus and murdered Christians. Paul's example of Saul illustrates the truth that one can know the Bible mechanically without knowing it spiritually. I know this. If a person knows the Bible spiritually, studying it will send him out not set him down. Now, he will live it, not just quote it. It is soul winning that it makes a person want to go to the Bible and be obedient to its teachings. The more that I get to witness to people about the Lord, whether it's through preaching, where it's at the funeral service, where it's from door to door, where it's in the hospital, everywhere I go, if I get the witness and the people, it makes me return right back to the Bible and I want to learn more of the Bible where I can know better how to talk to people about my Savior. Two of the great pastors pastors of the day both said this, the teaching received in Bible conferences and like places has meaning and value for the persistent soul winners that it can have to no one else. Such Christians will understand the deep truths of God and the Word that are not open to scholarship, but are understood through the Holy Spirit. The irreactive anointing of the Spirit which abides on the soul winner makes deep things plain and great doctrines luminous. Now it's hard to believe that a person can study the Bible for years and not be winning souls to Christ Jesus simply because if you study the Bible on every page just about of the Bible, this same book that it claims to know uh, so well, he that win his souls is wise. Over and over, that's taught. Proverbs 11 verse 30. He that win his souls is wise. You don't get wise by studying the Word of God. You get so You get wise by soul winning. By winning people to Christ Jesus. Now listen. There are churches all over today that boast of their pastors or men of the book. Uh, Speakers are on great prophecies, subjects of the needs of men today. And the members how the services and leave the service and say, wasn't that rich, Uh, we were really fed today. In fact, I know a man who took a church, and it was a good church. And I went by to see him one day, and I said, How's it going? How many souls are you winning? And what you are you doing for the Lord? Right? And we just sitting and talking. I know he's one of my brothers in Christ, and we just sitting and talking. Oh, he said, I don't have time for that anymore. He said, I, I set him off and study the Word of God where I can preach to the people, where I can preach to my congregation when it's time for me to preach. Now listen to me, I'm very, uh, I'm very sincere about this. There is no such thing as a good pastor or a good preacher that doesn't win souls. Now, there's only there's one thing about it. When you get to heaven, the Lord is not going to ask you to quote Psalms or John or Psalms 115. He that go he's going to ask, Who did you bring with you? That's all that God's interested in. I read it the other day where years before Germany began to follow insane Nazism under Hitler, the leading Protestant denomination there lost its evangelistic zeal, and churches became introverted sanctuaries of sacred studies. Now, their churches lost their commitment to sharing uh, their their country for the Lord Jesus Christ. England years ago decided just to have conferences and Bible studies. Even their Sunday schools became a place for Bible study rather than reaching the lost for Christ. And now, only 2% of the people of England attend church. You think about that. I say again to you today, should our churches be reservoirs of truth or rivers of blessing? people in our churches today must be made to see that the church is not where we come to do the work of Christ the church is where we come to learn how to do the work of Christ I can prove this by statistics years ago I proved it because I I was leading a church in a soul winning program and I said I found out uh, by uh, uh, what do you call it checking on asking people how they got saved where they got saved doing a survey and I found out that did you know most people are saved in their home or on a job or in the hospital or somewhere outside of the congregation of the church most people that is saved is saved outside of the church that means in <coughs> that's why Jesus emphasized it go out in the hedges and highways and bring them in it didn't say like one man, a good friend of mine, he opened his door and we helped him build his church and his church grew like crazy and was doing real good. And one day I was helping him build some on his house and I said, i got to go on visitation tonight, on Thursday night. And he said, oh, are you still doing that? I don't believe in that, he said. Just open the doors and whosoever will may come and whosoever won't come. Amen. And he said, I'll preach to those that come and so on. Now, i got news for you. The church is not where you come to do the work. It's where you come to learn how to do the work. And you go out of this place and witness for Christ Jesus. Now, it's where we, again, we are to learn of hell. We're to learn of heaven. We're to learn that God so loved us that His Son, that His Son the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, to save sinners like us. We're to learn that all sinners are alike. That we need a Savior. We're to learn to go out and get them for Christ's sake. Now that's the that's the program of the church. And that's any church. It should be. No matter who it is. It should be the program of the church in our hearts to go out of the place and win people to Christ Jesus. I love to study the Bible. I love to read of the Bible. But I, when I do, in the back of my mind always, is somebody needs to know the same Savior that I know. Because I get blessed every time I read the Word of God, and I think about this. I have literally talked to people that never opened the Bible. They're, they're lost on their way to hell. They have nobody to tell them about the Savior. They have nobody to explain them the Word of God. And you've got to remember this. Unsaved man can read this Bible all he wants to. He can't understand it. Only a saved person can understand the Word of God because he has the Holy Spirit in him. And so when we read the Word of God, we're very selfish if we keep the Word of God hidden within our hearts and don't give it out to somebody else. We're to share it with people everywhere we go. And we're to learn... Of hell and heaven, and so winning the sinners, and so on, for this simple reason: if I study the Bible and I study all these, and and by the way, God used some of the most beautiful illustrations to get His point across. You know it. Did you know what the grace of God is? Let me show you how the grace of God works in the Old Testament. You go back and you read Noah build an ark, and God told Noah that anybody could get in that ark. And only eight souls got in that ark. But did you know that God left the door open for seven more days after they got in the ark? Before He shut the door? You studied. That's the grace of God. That's the grace of God. I studied that and I said, my goodness, God's grace is good. You know what God's doing? He's going to give everybody a chance. And I think about it. I want everybody to have the same chance I got. Did you know that Brother Pitts is in the hospital and he's very critical, but did you know he helped put up the tent that I got saved in? He literally helped put up the tent on the parking lot that I got saved in. Now you think about that for just a minute. Yeah, just show you how it worked. Did you know that every soul that I can ever lead to Christ Jesus in this world, he's going to get part of the things for it? Because he got involved in getting somebody to Christ Jesus. Somebody's got to do the work. Amen? I laughed at Chuck. Uh, uh, Somebody needs to pray for Chuck. He's working himself to death. I I, I talked to him the other day and he said he had, I don't know how many tents he's got to put up. He said, me and one more guy got to put up these tents. I said, help yourself. I ain't coming to help you. (laughs) Amen? You think about that. Just two people doing all that work. Did you know that in the church, it's just about the same way? Just a handful. There's one that does a soul winning and goes out and talks to people, getting people to come in. And there's so many people out there that each one of us know. I walked down the street the other day, and there's a there's a Spanish family moved in our neighborhood. And I walked down the street, and I told them I was a pastor, they said, hmm I said, I'd like to invite you to church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I said, we're talking about the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then I finally realized they don't understand a thing I'm saying. <laughs> but I was pointing, amen, and trying my best to get them to come to church with me. And what I'm trying to say, uh, one, one of the things that I'll never forget as long as I live, I, I, when I was at Timberlake Baptist Church, I took 13th Street, and I went from one end of 13th Street all the way down to Ybor City where it ends. And I visited every house on 13th Street. I knocked on it. And I knocked on this one uh, Cuban family's door. And uh, the, the lady come to the door and she's, uh, I, I witnessed her. I went over the plan salvation with her. I prayed with her and I asked her to ask the Lord to save her and I left. And I went back to our church and we had a Spanish minister at that time working there at the church and I told him about it and he said, where does she live? I want to go visit her. He went down there and she told him he got saved under my witness to her. I didn't know it. Amen. I couldn't understand her. I didn't think she understood me. Now that's speaking in tongues. Amen. That's what the Bible talks about, speaking in tongues. What I'm trying to say, don't tell me you can't do it. Amen. It's just witnessing for what you are. It's just, I'm a Christian. I'm not ashamed of that. You know that? I'm going to tell everybody I meet about it. I'm a Christian. And I'm going to tell you how i become a Christian. And you know, somebody out there is wanting to know because they need to go to heaven too. And all you got to do is be kind. Now, the spiritual discernment of the Bible... That's love of God's Word. That's loving the, the Lord of God. Let me read you something. In Revelation chapter 3, I want to begin to read in verse 14. Revelation chapter 3, verse 14. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write These things saith the Amen, the faithful, and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou were cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich, and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knoweth not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thine eyes with I say that thou mayest see. As many as I love are rebuked and chastened, to be zealous therefore and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, if any man hear my voice and open door, I will come unto him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also who came, and am set down with my Father in his throne. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Amen. You know what God said? Lukewarmness God hates. Either get hot or get cold. But don't straddle the fence. You know, I don't think you can straddle the fence. It's like I was witness to a man one day and I asked him would he he accept Christ as his Savior. He said, no, I don't want to make a decision right now. I said, sir, you just made one. There is no straddling the fence. You either decide for Christ or you don't decide for Christ. Amen? Everybody has to make a decision. What I want to do is give everybody the same opportunity that I had. I really do. I thank God for the men that witnessed to me and helped me and nurtured me on my way after I got saved and carried me out witnessing and we led people to Christ. And I look back on it now and I think of some of them guys, like I told you Elizabeth called me from Virginia and that guy went to junior high school with me, and I got to talk to him about the Lord. Hey, that was 60 years ago, people. You I'm not even... Oh, yeah, I am. But I don't feel 60. Can you imagine that? I, every time I think about things like that, all over the place, there's somebody that you can reach, somebody that you can talk to, somebody that you can encourage. You know, I was thinking today, uh, Brother Childers, his daddy and mama's not doing well right now. Neither one of them. Having it tough right now. Wouldn't it be good if somebody had one of those cards I'm talking about, had a name of just a call and said, Hey, we've been missing you. We're praying for you. Is there anything I can do for you? You know what Brother Childers loved? The, the, daddy, you know what he likes? He liked conch peace. Do you know that? I found that out. I asked him. I went out in the field and got some conch peas. My wife loved conch peas. I went out and got a whole bunch of them. I made them up in little packets and carried them by there the other day. And, and he said, boy, that's my favorite. You know, Like I give him a million dollars, just a little pack of the conch peas. You know what he's looking for? Just somebody to care. Somebody to say, I'm praying for you. That's all. And we can do that. That's why you come to church. It's to learn how to do that. And then go out and do it. Amen. Stand with me, please. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll bless us as your people tonight. And Father, this is not a rebuke to anybody. This is trying to encourage every child of God to do the work of the Lord. Because the world is growing cold and indifferent about the spiritual things of this world. Lord, we love your word from one end to the other. And we do our best to live by it. We fail every day, but we'll keep on trying to we see you face to face. Heavenly Father, I pray today that you'll help us to study, to show ourselves approved, or a workman rightly dividing the word of God to those that need it. Bless us, we pray tonight, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's sing something, please. Turn to page twelve. Page twelve. Sure.